đời sông núi anh em ta đáp đời sông núi quyết bảo vệ sang sang ta thể chết cho quê hương at host my radio it's on on every monday and every friday and host my radio welcome to the show thank you And welcome to the week episode of Team Cat on my radio, everyone. Happy Friday, everyone. And I officially became, I officially, well, not became, I officially turned 21. I'm happy about that. So it means, I can tell you right now, I'm officially a senior citizen. It, it, so I thought I would. And it, it, it was great yesterday that we hang out with families. And that's something I wanted for quite a long time already. I hope you guys are staying safe. I hope you guys are doing all your assignments and passing all your classes. You know, and quite a bit, quite a bit going on around the government, you know. Hope you guys, hope you guys are, you know, out there, out there showing your own ideas, showing your own opinions, you know, because do, because by doing so, you have your own rights and no one able to suppress you. Just think of it like um, Hong Kong and Vietnam's right now that we they Hong Kong, China, Vietnam, they don't have that, you know, democratic rights. They can't. They can't choose their own decisions, or they have their own rights to criticize as a government. They can, but not in, but not in a high capacity, small, low capacity. You know, this is something that we see a lot, and something that makes everybody upset. I mean, you live in a closed society in the government. Not Vietnam. I don't think it's entirely closed, but it's still relatively closed in terms of how you can express your opposition to the government. Expressing opposition to the government is the only way that it can make everything better. Right now, Hong Kong does not have any oppositions, even if if any. It's very French. You know, not a lot of people talked about the government. I mean, I, I wish I wish I can say they there is, but it felt like it's not much. Very very low, not very high. Anyway, we're gonna get into this is not what we're talking about, but we're gonna get into what we're gonna be um, talking about reporting there. So tune in every make sure to tune in every Monday and Friday for our podcast. Hong Kong Construction Workers Union protests against move to import thousands of overseas workers. So what does that supposed to mean? Well, a union representing building workers has staged a protest outside Hong Kong's government headquarters against a, against a move to import up to twenty thousand foreign workers to ease shortages in the construction in the construction and transport sectors. The unions complained that authorities have bypassed the Labor Advisory Board, which is tasked with vetting applications to bring overseas workers to ensure Hong Kong workers are first in line for positions. The government announced last Tuesday a plan to import around 20,000 workers, up to 12,000 of whom would be employed in the construction industry, with priorities given to to many, many large-scale public projects. Around 12 representatives from the Hong Kong Construction and Industry Employees General Union, most of them are members of the uh, Hong Kong Hong Kong FTU, 
protests on Tuesday outside government headquarters holding banners and placards calling for local laborers to be protected. They handed in a, position, a, petition, a petition. The government bypassed the regular operations of the Labor Advisory Board, destroying the constantly effective me- mechanism. It will create a negative impact on monitoring foreign labor imports. In the future, a statement from the union read, The union said it feared the large numbers of foreign workers being imported would discourage young Hong Kongers from entering in the industry. The union urged the government to evaluate the new scheme's impact on local employment and wage levels and to set up advisory committees for each industry to review every application to bring in foreign workers. The government should set up a monitoring system to prevent foreign workers becoming cheap labor and stifling the employment of local workers, the union said. The government said the city's peak labor force has dropped from 3, $3.68 million in 2018 to $3.46 million last year, while, while the low-skilled labor force had fallen by around 160,000 people. The union suggested the construction industry improve the working environment, including putting more emphasis on safety to encourage local job seekers. Now that I can actually look onto what it is, right? I mean, look at it. you put in foreign, you put in foreign um, overseas workers, and you put them to Hong Kong. What difference does it bring? The thing is this: you're gonna put up many people out of jobs, right? They're not, they're not in, in individual burdens. I mean, how about bringing people from, you know, how about look at people who are, you know, considered to be ethnic minority. They can't work because the government don't give them opportunities to work. And thinking how many times people commit uh, crimes in Chungking, in the Chungking mansion is because they have no job opportunity and you don't give them opportunities. The government should give them opportunities just as much as any Hong Kongers are. I know there's going to be plenty of that um, nationalists saying, well, th- well, if you put uh, ethnic minority in, it takes away other Hong Kong jobs. What? Are there Hong Kongs too? I mean, think about the blatant racism that, you know, you're sitting here p- talking about racism all day. It doesn't mean anything for me. I'm not saying I don't care about it because you guys don't care about it. So why would I care? So it's almost a point where why should I care? I care for what the ethnic minorities are doing. They also should get the same job as what Hong Kong should be working on. And Hong Kong government should give them as much opportunities as they can. Right? Look at look at how many of them look at how many of them don't even have a job. Look at how many of them they need to support the family. Why not give them opportunities? Why put them out? Even the education. Why throw them out? They want to learn. Even if they, even now, if they if they already know Cantonese already, and they know English and Cantonese at the same time, they also know their own language. And then, and then there's some people straight in their face. We don't accept people like you. And it's just it's just why there's a reason. There's no reason given. They just don't like how you look. You know, it's such a douchebag move, of course. China Foreign Ministry slams U.S. President Joe Biden's comment liking Xi Jinping with dictators. China's foreign ministry on Wednesday slammed comments by U.S. President Joe Biden um, equating Chinese leader Xi Jinping with dictators as an open political provocation. Speaking at a fundraiser in California on Tuesday, President uh, Biden said she has been angered over an incident in February when a Chinese balloon, which Washington says was used for spying, flew over the United States before being shot down by American fire, uh, military jets. 
His comment comes comes just days after U.S. Sec- uh, Secretary of State Antony Blinken concluded a visit to Beijing re- aimed at reestablishing lines of communication in order to avoid conflicts between the two global powers. The reason why Xi Jinping got very upset in terms of when I shot the balloon down with two box cars full of, supp- of spy equipment is he didn't know it was there, Biden said. I'm serious. That was a great embarrassment for dictators when they didn't know what happened. Well, that's what he said. He didn't call him a dictator. He ca- he. They, I know I sound like I'm walking back, but I don't think it's wrong for I don't think it's wrong for him to call him a dictator because he is. Anybody say, oh, we'll walk back on what he said. Look, what he said is true. I don't care what the Chinese government thinks. Say what we want. What I, what we see is what we see now. Like Putin, he's a dictator. Beijing Foreign Ministry terms um, ba- uh, Biden's comments as ridiculous. The relevant remarks by the United by the U.S. side are extremely ridiculous and irresponsible. They seriously violate basic facts, diplomatic protocol, and China's political dignity. Foreign Ministry Foreign Ministry spokeswoman Mao Ning said at a West a Wednesday briefing. China is strongly dissatisfied with and firmly opposed to this. She added, "The multi-faced." rivalry between China and the United States turned into a full-blown diplomatic crisis in February with February's balloon incident. Beijing on Wednesday reiterated its protest against Washington's decision to shoot it down. The United States should have dealt dealt with it calmly, rationally, and professionally, but it is a distortion of facts, abuse of force, and escalations of hype have fully exposed its hegemonic and booing nature, Mao said. Russia also criticized Biden's comments with the Kremlin on Wednesday, saying the comments reflect Washington's unpredictable foreign policy. This is a very a very contradictory manifestation of U.S. foreign policy, which points to a significant element of unpredictability, Kremlin spokesman Dmitry Petskov told reporters. Biden, who's that? 80 years old is running for re-election. Are you serious? He's running for election. Yeah, I already know that. He's already. Re- I already expected him to run for re-election. An 80-year-old man like him running, I don't even think he's going to reach up to a freaking 90. On Tuesday, he told donors that we are in a situation now where she wants to have a relationship again. That literally can destroy our country's um, independence. Blinken did a good job at his Beijing trip, but it's going to take time by that. Even he knows it's not going to be doing well. The U.S. president also brought up another prickly point regarding China, a recent summit in which leaders of Australia, India, Japan, and the United States, known as the Quad Group, sought to boost peace and stability in the Asia-Pacific maritime maritime region. The four countries are working hand-in-glove in the South China Sea and the Indian Ocean, Biden said. What he... And what he, which is she, was upset, upset about was I insisted that we unite the so-called quad, Biden said. Tuesday was not the first time Biden had made significant, even pro- pro- um, provocative uh, statements at fundraising perceptions. Usually small-scale events at which cameras and recordings are forbidden, but where journalists may listen to and transcribe the president's opening remarks. At one such event last October, which is in 2022, 
spoke of the threats of a nuclear Armageddon from Russia. I mean, he's not wrong there. Some of those comments I can I can agree with. I mean, you you know how people make fun of him. You have Russia people making fun of him, but he's not wrong. He's not wrong to call him a dictator. Not wrong to call him any kind of names like that. And of course, you gotta also look at the comments at Hong Kong right now. So what they what the Hong Kong government blames, he blames the pan, they blame the pandemic for the state's drop in the international competitiveness rankings. Hong Kong has been ranked seventh in the competitiveness among 64 economic entities, following two places from la- from year uh, from year, according to the latest report by Switzerland's International Institute for Management Development, or IMD. In a statement, the government attributed the decline the decline to last year's pandemic upsurge, and that the economy would perform better as the city's restored connectivity with mainland China and the world. The 2023 edition of the World Competitive's Yearbook, an annual report that since 1989 have ranked economic entities named Denmark, Ireland, and Switzerland as the top three, with Denmark topping the chart for the second consecutive year. Hong Kong ranked the world's most competitive economy in 2018, saw its position slip to 7th place this year. The city is ranking in 3 out of the 4 major um, categories, economic performance, a government infi- um, efficiency, and business efficiency has dropped. It used to be the global winner in the government's efficiency before falling to 2nd place since 2022. In 2019, Hong Kong ranked 2nd in the business efficiency. Uh, efficiency and the tenth in the economic performance. These rankings dropped to eleventh and third and thirty-six respectively this year. However, its positions to in the infrastructure categories have been moving up gradually since 2019, from twenty-second place in 2019 to the fourteenth place in 2022. This year, Hong Kong was ranked thirteenth. I guess I guess it's a good thing. The report also suggested that subcategories such as press freedom, democracy, and population growth were the weak spots for Hong Kong. The rankings for press freedom, democracy, and population growth were 55, that's for press freedom, um, third in democracy, and 62 in, I think, population growth. It goes over the place, so. It will change probably by next year, or maybe a couple weeks or a couple months, and it will change. In a statement released on Tuesday, the government said the report recognized Hong Kong as one of the world's most competitive, competitive economies, and that its competitiveness was underpinned by distinct, by distinctive inter, uh, institutional strength under the one country two systems. Or is it the one country one system policy as we are living now? As they're living now, it said the slight fall in the overall competitiveness ranking was due to the epidemic upsurge in the weak economy last year. As the city resumes normalcy and restores full connectivity to the mainland and the rest of the world, its economy will improve notably this year, the statement read. Simon Lee, an economist and the honorary fellow at the Asia-Pacific Institute of Business at, Chinese, at the Chinese University, said on a radio program he thought the fall in the ranking was due to the government's delayed efforts to resume normal operations, especially the delay in scrapping the flight suspension mechanism. What worries me the most is that some business may have already relocated to other regions, and it could be challenging for us to attract them back, Lisa. 
He said enterprises might consider Taiwan over Hong Kong, despite the government's efforts to attract talents and businesses, and that Hong Kong ranked the lowest of all the economies and price competitiveness. It also goes on to freedom, to democracy, freedom to press, and everything. It goes on to ask, well, not just, you know, the pandemic, things like that. It's also what the government's changed from the national security law and everything. Well, how about labor? You don't get, you don't have enough labor if that happens. Why are you also not talking about labor? Why do they blame the pandemic but they don't give us full what the economics doing, right? What the uh, labor market is doing? Hong Kong police watchdog sees uptick in complaints, but none against officers in the, on the TMN crackdown anniversary. <laughs> Hong Kong's official police watchdog dealt with a nearly seventy percent increase in complaints against officers. In the first five months of this year, an uptake that stories contributed to the resumptions of normal life after COVID-19 rules were relaxed. But the watchdog said it did not receive any complaints about officers' conduct on the anniversary of the TMN crackdown on June 4th, when more than 20 people were taken to police stations without being arrested. During a mid-year meeting of the Independent Police Complaint Council, IPCC, on Tuesday, <laughs> The police said it had received 717 complaints from January, from January to May, compared to 427 in the same period last year. More than half were filed as neglect of duty complaints, while around 280 concerned misconduct in an improper manner. Police said the easing of COVID-19 measures were responsible for the jump. The first five months of 2022 was Hong Kong's fifth COVID-19 wave. There were strict anti-epidemic and social distancing measures. Complaints were at record low, said the senior superintendent Cheng Hing-Guan of the Complaints Against Police Office, or CAPO. Early this year, social distancing rules were gradually relaxed, including the illegal opening of borders in February and the dropping of the mask mandates in, in March. Also amongst these 70-odd complaints were, com- were 13 relating to offensive language. You hear that all the time, you know, it's normal. It's all the time. You hear that be- rude comments from the police all the time. 27 relating to assault. 11 relating to unnecessary use of authority. The IPCC is tasked with reviewing the work of the CAPL, an internal unit at the police force. The IPCC only has the power to scrutinize those in place, which were cra- classified as reportable by CAPO. <laughs> Member as, members of the IPCC <laughs> were appointed by the chief executive, to whom they also report. The, bo- the body faced criticism for lack of independence and the power to launch its own investigations on the seven people. It's not its triple nine page report. Or the 999 page report. I'm not going to say three nines. Unless I want to go on further anyway. On the city-wide 2019 pro-democracy protest. Largely cleared the force of wrongdoing. Even though they used excessive force. Using tear gas in a closed, in a closed place. Think about that. Meanwhile, the IPCC said in response to the report. That it had not received any complaints about police enforcement on June 4th, the anniversary of the Tiananmen crackdown in 1989. A total of 23 people, including activists, 
were taken away by police near Victoria Park, where the city used to hold annual vigils until COVID and the enactment of the Beijing security law. Beijing police said they were taken away for investigation on suspicion of breaching the peace. Some have questioned the basis for police enforcement that day. Senior Counsel Philip Dykes told Hong Kong Free Press earlier that, earlier that officers' options were arguably a type of false imprisonment. If they lacked good reason, it takes them to take them to a police station. To this date, we have not gotten any complaints that PCC's chairperson, Priscilla Wong, said, at least not Priscilla Lung, and that the body would investigate them fairly if they emerge. When the report said police were, uh, who were stopped by police told media they were they were asked to unlock their phones and question whether police had the power to give this order. One repeat that the bar has no has not such received such a complaint. Everything is fact sensitive. Some people have said that they were asked to unlock their phones. But ultimately, as I said, there were no complaints. She said, only if there is a clear context, I can I com um, can comment. While I add that the IPCC did not send representatives to monitor police enforcement on the Tiananmen anniversary. It did not plan to send representatives on July 1st, the anniversary of Hong Kong's handover from British to Chinese rule, as it is not aware of any planned large-scale public activities. I here's what I'm gonna get. I'm gonna put in my two cents in. Is this? You wanna know why? There ain't any like ever going to be any rallies at least at least what I see <sighs> because it's hard to have a rally when you're going to have police deploy you're going to have them deploy and you're going to have them you know go crazy on everything how do you expect anybody to survive or how do you expect anybody to even you know express themselves every single July 1st there's always a march every July 1st there's always got to be something you know this is what we always want to see. Even if you don't like it. Even if you ask the police, it's it's, it's still useless. They don't they don't even do, you know, you can ask those uh, those idiots and they won't they won't give they won't give a total sh at you. Hong Kong groups urge governments to oppose gay games says obscene events could trigger repeat protests. <laughs> a local conservative groups have urged Hong Kong's authorities to oppose the upcoming gay games, calling the advocacy of LGBTQ rights a threat to traditional values and saying the event scheduled for November could lead to a repeat of the protests in of 2019. Representatives from several groups staged a demonstration outside the government's headquarters on Wednesday, holding up banners that referred to the gay games as the indecent and obscene. You wonder who organized this group? Well, I'll let you guys know. This event has been infiltrated with ideas about sexual liberation, bisexuality, and homosexuality, said Grace Kwan from the pro-Beijing group, Politic, uh, Politic, Social Strategic. Such ideas have been entered, have even entered schools, poisoning our young people. We parents do not want to see this and feel so helpless because in 2019 we were already. Um, we we're already very scared, Kwong said. Could there could there be black riots that will happen again? Um no. That won't happen. 
They say saw white, um, widespread protests that year as demonstrators took to the streets to oppose a controversial extradition bill. Kwon added that she was afraid the multi-sport event would trigger a call of revolution, as protesters urged the government to show their opposition to the gay games and cease any venue support from the government's department or group. Representatives of about of about um of a dozen of about a dozen top officials, including Chief Executive John Lee and Security and Secretary for Security Chris Tong, stopped by the protest to receive petition letters from the group. <laughs> Joyce Chiu, from a group called Family Builds and Love, said the gay games had an agenda to promote sexual liberation. The LGBTQ community are not the ones being marginalized. Chiu said, "We are." How about everyone's being marginalized? The games, who, which were postponed for a year due to COVID-19, will be co-hosted by Hong Kong, along with Guadalajara and Mexico. It will mark the first time in the global sporting event will be would be uh, will be held in Asia since it was founded in 1982. The Kwong that Jimmy Sham, an openly gay LGBTQ and pro-democracy activist, and a f- <laughs> And also, and also, a former district counselor was closely linked to people who advocate for LGBTQ rights. Some, as well as many other former district counselors and lawmakers and activists, are currently detained under the national security law. At least eight lawmakers, including Starry Lee, Priscilla Lung, Holden Chow, Peter Kuhn, and Ji Yun, also attended the Wednesday protest to receive the petition letters and media reported. The, I, un, I really understand that there are many parents and groups in Hong Kong who are really concerned about the coming gay games, Lun said. She had that young people, young children in Western countries are being taught things that challenge traditional values and that Hong Kong must not go down this bad path. Have you not read U.S. news lately? How many people are challenging that in the U.S.? A lot. So you saying, so you saying that, oh, the United States already following that? Not everybody, okay? Charles said he believed that there are many citizens in Hong Kong who are very respectful of traditional family values in one man, one woman, uh, man minorities, and that lawmakers would follow up in, on the matter in the legislative council. I mean, you don't you don't have the pro-democracy camp, you don't have Ray Chan, you don't have Sid Ho, you don't have Lee Chuck Yan, um, you don't have uh, Wang Yuk Man, you don't have all those people inside the legislative council anymore. So no one's so no one's gonna be there anyway, and nope unless you have unless you're James Toe or uh, uh, Nelson Wong, um, they're the very opposed to to the LGBT stuff. First held in San Francisco in 1982, the Gay Games is an inclusive sporting event seeking to bring together athletes regardless of gender, age, ability, or physical f- challenge. It's basically, despite the name, it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> The nine-day-long Gay Games Hong Kong will include a range of sporting events, as well as arts and cultural programs, such as concerts featuring local and international artists, no matter who it is, do an ex- exhibition, and a festival village, according to its website. In May, organizers told Hong Kong Free Press that sign-ups were more than 90% below target. In response, to Hong Kong Free Press, the Gay Games Hong Kong organizers said they strongly disagree with the cla- with the claims made at the protests, and at the gate, and that the Gay Games were not a political event. 
I mean, it's called gay games, not called gay political events. The LGBTQ plus parents and their children deserve respect, recognition, and support from society. They are part of the fabric of Hong Kong's diverse and multicultural society, they said. <laughs> LGBTQ, uh, LGBTQ plus movements is not, is not a threat to, to family values, but rather a firm, uh, reformation of them. The organizers said, Numerous numerous studies have shown LGBTQ parents and their children are well-adjusted as parents and children in the general population. They do not differ in the well-being or in multiple developmental outcomes from other families. Amongst the claims made at the demonstration were that research proved children brought up by same-sex parents were more likely to develop emotional disorders. Lawmaker Virginia Ip, one of the field members who expressed support for the Hong Kong hosting of the gay games, said the accusation that the gay games organizers were associated with a color revolution and couldn't cite uh, <laughs> street protests was a serious allegation which were not made which were not made in a such a cavalier manner. Such allegations could even stir up hatred against a particular class of individuals, it told Hong Kong Free Press. Lawmakers should not provide more ammunition to form media for attacks on legitimate individual rights and freedom, she said. In a statement to reports of the petition, the group said that they were preparing to in a serious activities, including talks, collecting signatures, and street booths to oppose Hong Kong hosting of gay games. Earlier this month, organizers of the Gay Games Hong Kong rejected what they called slurs after human rights activists called for the cancellation of the activities. In April, lawmakers Junius Ho shared a petition to protest the November event. Ho said two years ago that that the financial benefit that the city would reap from hosting the gay games was quote unquote dirty money, a comment which attracted ear from activist groups. It shows disregard I mean what I can see is what Virginia Epps says correct. That's individual rights. Let, yeah, I know it makes me a hypocrite sometimes. I do have my own <laughs> opinion on that. Even though, but the thing is, I want to be factual, okay? Everybody should be, you know, everybody should get along with each other. We can't give everybody exclusive rights every time. I just want to say that as much as I support the LGBT, and I do, I do support them. No matter what they, no matter what they are, I think they're good. They're great people, you know. Uh, sometimes there's, there's there's some elements in there that can literally you know they don't like to sh- you share your views, but there are good people in there that can actually allow you to express yourself. Why I don't like it or why I like it kind of thing. At least there are good people in there. At least I can s- express that. You know, you know. I, I absolutely agree on that. And I know these probation people are watching right now. Agree with me or not, it's up to you guys. I'm not here to judge you guys' views. But what the probation shouldn't be doing is trying to provoke some kind of problem that you can create with the people in the gay games. And you ought to be careful, otherwise someone's going to come back and throw you and throw you into the gutter. And that's not what you want. Hong Kong lawmakers, whatever you got here, pass a bill ordering Jockey Club to pay $12 billion dollars in football betting tax to boost government revenue. And you realize you're going to milk the money dry. The Legislative Council had passed a bill ordering that Hong Kong Jockey Club 
to pay an extra $12 billion in tax on its football betting earnings over the next five years to swell government coffers, despite early objections from the club. Secretary for Financial Services and the Treasury, Christopher Huey, said in a statement the club would not reduce its commitments to local charities as the result as a result of the new of the new levy of two point four billion dollars a year. In proposing to levy the special football betting duty, we have we have taken into consideration a number of factors, including the affordability of the Hong Kong Jockey Club and the external competition faced by the local football betting business. Earlier, according to an earlier statement from the club, Hong Kong's Jockey Club Charities Trust donated $6.6 billion in 2021 or in 2022, about $1.4 billion of which was destined for pandemic control. The club has a monopoly on bettings in the city with the proceeds going to charity, which is a good thing. At least this money goes somewhere. There's some clubs out there that just get money and we don't know where it goes to. The proposal for the new tax was introduced into the legislature this February as Financial Secretary Paul Chen delivered his budget for 2023-2024. He said the government had given due consideration to the competition faced by the club. Shortly after Chen's budget address, the clubs urged authorities not to impose any increase Increases in betting duty, saying its saying its horse racing duties rates were already amongst the highest in the world, seventy two to seventy five percent. It said the move would create a structural problems irreversibly damage the club's successful integrated business model and continued competitiveness while benefiting illegal betting operators. The head of the New People's Party, Region Ip said $2.4 billion was nothing in comparison to the Jockey Club's investment return of $10.9 billion in the 2020 and 2021 fiscal year. There were not many areas where the government could raise taxes, she told the Legislative Council on Wednesday. Tommy Chun Yuyan, chairman of the of the Liberal Party, himself an honorary voting member of Jockey Club, said other sports, including basketball, could also be a subject to the betting duty. Vincent Chang of the of the Democratic Alliance for the Betterment and Progress of Hong Kong, or DAP, said the move was considered due to exceptional circumstances and acknowledged the club's terrible contribution and its role in promoting sports and culture. Hong Kong Press had contact had contacted the jockey club for comment. I don't know how much damage that can do, but I'm pretty sure it's, it's already you put enough damage already on what's going on with the club. I feel there's no point of you guys doing it, and I don't know why would I waste my whole entire breath talking about the jockey club, wasting my time raising taxes for these guys. How much money do you think they will get if you raise those taxes? <laughs> I mean, you already know they get money. They they get this money, get this money, and they give it to charity. They're not going to keep it for themselves. Maybe you might introduce a law that might stop it, but it doesn't really solve the problems at all anyway. And it just doesn't make any sense when you do it anyway. So, why take the bait? Why do it anyway? It's a waste. 
restaurant explosion kills 31 in northwest China. We're going to report on that. At least 31 people were killed when an explosion ripped through a restaurant in northwestern Chinese city of Yenchuan, state media said Thursday. A leak of liquefied um, petroleum gas caused an explosion during the operations of a barbecue restaurant, state state news agency Xinhua said of the Wednesday evening blast, citing the Regional Communist Party Committee. Several more people were receiving medical treatment, this agency said, with one of them in a critical condition. Two others had suffered serious uh, severe burns. Two had minor injuries, and two had scratches causing by, caused by flying glass, Xinhua said. Footage on bro- a state broadcast of CCTV showed more than a dozen firefighters working at, at, at the site as smoke poured out of the gaping hole in the restaurant's facade. Shards of glass and other debris littered the darkened streets, which is also home to a number of other eateries and entertainment venues. The explosion at about 8.40 p.m. on Wednesday took place at the Fuyang Barbecue Place barbecue restaurant in the residential area of downtown Yinchuan, the capital, the capital of the Ningxia Autonomous Region. It occurred on the evening of the three-day boat, um, dragon boat festival holiday, which is worse, is on that day. It happened on that day, when many in China go out and socialize with friends. Chinese leader Xi Jinping demanded an all-out effort in treating the wounds and the strengthening of safety supervision and management in key industries and fields to effectively protect people's lives and property, CCTV reported Thursday. The Ministry of Emergency Management said local fire fire and service um, rescue services dispatched more than 100 to 100 people and 20 vehicles to seeing in the wake of the blast. To um, local authorities immediately demand that an all-out search and rescue effort be organized, the wounded be properly treat uh, properly treated, and casualties be reduced as much as possible. The ministry said the rescue effort has concluded by four uh, by four o'clock a.m. on Thursday. It said it's insane that it happened. It's insane, and I'm hoping that those guys can be fine. I'm hoping that it'll be fine. I want them to stay safe, actually, and this is something that uh, my sympathies and my heart to those guys who are suffering from the burns, hoping that they stay absolutely safe. And we'll and we'll talk more after the break. Welcome back. The damage has already been done. Hong Kong journalist Bao Choi on winning a battle, but not the war, which is different, right? If you're in a war situation, you don't win the whole war with just only one battle. You have to end the war with something. After leaving Hong Kong's top court on a warm June morning, Bao Choi was overwhelmed with a mixture of jubilation and sadness. Embroiled in a legal battle since 2020, the veteran journalists have just won an unexpected victory when the Court of Final Appeal quashed her conviction for making a false statement linked to assessing, to assessing vehicle records for a documentary about the 2019 Yulong mob attack. The judgment was hailed as a rare victory for press freedom, seen as an increasingly under pressure in the city. However, it doesn't mean things will return will simply return to normal. I wanted a sense of social justice, yet we are very clear that even with the top court's ruling, 
the government can do anything to change the game. It is not a long last vic a long lasting victory, she told the Hong Kong Free Press. Choi Yu Bling, now thirty nine, is better known as Bao, a nickname given um once given to her to describe her round face. But following her ordeal over the past three years, she has lost weight and her features have gone more angular. After her arrest in late 2020, she joined the Nimit, the Nimit Poli- uh, Fellowship at, at Harvard University, then returned to her home city and established a new media called The Collective, handling all the procedures associated with her case, her court case along the way. The Yunlong at- mob attack on on protesters and our demonstrate passengers was seen as one of the key moments of the months long unrest that shook Hong Kong in 2019, sparked by protests against a controversial amendment to the city's extradition bill. On July 21st, 2019, over 100 rod-wielding men and, and white stormed Yunlong, MTR st- stormed Yunlong MTR station, leaving 45 people injured, including journalists, protesters, commuters, and pro-democracy lawmakers Lam Chutting. Law police were criticized for their slow response to the incident, with some op- some officers seen leaving the scene or interacting with the white-clad men. But I was making a documentary about the event that night for the Hong Kong Connection, a program on a government-funded broadcaster, RTHK, to trace the owners of vehicles pictured at the scene of the attack and to establish who might have been involved. Bao and her team assessed vehicle records from a government website. It was, it was this that leads to her arrest. Even after a court victory, she was unwilling to celebrate a win. The damage has already been done, she said. The police said they followed the law to arrest me, but the outcome was one stone, several, one stone, several birds. It hit Hong Kong Connections and it hit Hong Kong RTHK. There is also discussions about whether the government has has hoped to suppress journalists reporting reporting seven twenty one, to which I had no answer. Bao referring to the to the attack by the date it occurred, as it's common in Hong Kong today. Usually in Cantonese, it's called um whatever you call it. I'm not gonna say it. I I don't know why it just came. It just just throw out of my head. Dubbed Master Bao by supporters and hailed as an unwavering icon of uh, of of Hong Kong journalists. Okay, there you go. Chuck the Yat. There you go. Seven twenty one. Chuck the Yat, as they call it. Bao said she did not see herself as making waves. Instead, like many Hong Kongers, she feels she was simply struggling against the tide of changing sweeping through the city. Five months after her arrest. Bao was convicted of knowingly making a false statement to assess a vehicle owner information for a documentary. She was fined $6,000 at the West Calhoun Magistrate's Courts. She shed tears when she walked out of the courtrooms as she as the crowd shouted, Journalism is not a crime. Of course it's not a crime. The arrests and convictions of a journalist shook Hong Kong at, the, at a time as w- when such events were still rare. Nearly 100 journalists waiting for a response outside the court. In the weeks following her conviction, she agonized about whether to appeal. If I, if I file an appeal, I should, already, I should be ready to go to top court. That usually means a commitment of around three years. I would have to pay a sum of money up to seven digits for legal fees if 
I lose in the top courts, as I would have to pay legal fees for the other side, Bao said. While her her worried family advised her to be rational and just let the matters go since she had not been sentenced to jail. Bao Federal conviction was not a personal matter, but an attack on the entire media industry. In Hong Kong, you must declare your reasons to, for wanting to obtain a vehicle data on a government-run website. From a scroll-down menu, Bao clicked Other Traffic and Transport-related matters, when the persecutors did argue did not include journalism. People in, people in the industry would not have dared to access, to access vehicle data with my conviction. Bao said and it would have a chilling effect on everyone in the media. If I didn't file an appeal, I would probably regret, and that's something um, irreparable that cannot be done, that cannot be undone. Driven by a sense of responsibility to her profession and a desire to defend press freedom, she said her sensibility prevailed. When she lost her appeal in the high court last November, her legal team immediately started to file a second appeal. I made up my mind to appeal to the end, Val said, comparing comparing her situation to the thousands of Hong Kongers, including some important media, who were arrested and jailed over the past few years. Since her conviction, Hong Kong has seen closures of Apple Daily newspapers, Stan News, and Citizen News. When Bao walked out of the high court, the number of journalists waiting for her was reduced to around 10. Unlike, other, unlike others, Bao did not have to face a not face losing her personal freedom. All along, what I dealt with was mainly about legal fees, Bao said. It is a luxury for me to resist. Veteran journalist Chen Cixi had worked with Bao to produce the investigative documentaries for Hong Kong for RTHK's Hong Kong Connections before Bao's arrest. I still remember at the beginning, I dared not to talk with Bao, though I knew she was going through a period of crisis. There was a lot of tons of sadness and guilt. I kept asking myself, why she was arrested, not me? Why she was forced to leave RTHK? Why I could stay for two more episodes? Why I could stay for two more episodes? Chang called recall. Following the arrest, RTHK immediately suspended Bao. Chang, however, stayed for a while. From 2021, the government dra- uh, drastically transformed the public broadcasting service, replacing its head, transferring broadcast transferring producers of of Hong Kong Connections to other departments, deleting contests, and making many senior staff quit. It was heart-wrenching seeing the changes of RTHK, Bao said. Before she rejoined RTHK as a freelancer in 2019, she has worked at, at the broadcaster for over 10 years, a period when she enjoyed editorial freedom. It was like she was sheltered under a large tree. She told Hong Kong Free Press previously. But later I thought to myself, it's just like many, many things happening in Hong Kong. When the nest is toppled, how can the eggs remain intact? It's, it's a broken egg and no one can save it. When she left Hong Kong in August in 2021 for the one year Nimit, Nimit Fellowship at Harvard University, Bao did not expect to, to witness more and more eggs broken in Hong Kong while she was thousands of miles from home. I couldn't ju- after a year a year after the Beijing imposed national security law came into effect in June twenty twenty, the city saw a broad crackdown on civil society and media. 
Bao says she wept while reading news of Hong Kong and began to self-censor when invited to give talks about the city. I just couldn't help, help thinking, if I talk about something, would it mean I couldn't return to Hong Kong? She also felt guilty about being unable to experience all the radical changes in her home city. Campus life, campus life at Harvard was a different world. Bao took courses centered around social justice and reconciliation, dictatorship and populism, war and peace, leadership, and also documentaries. And her favorite course, Leadership from Inside Out, Self-Identity, Self-Identity and Freedom. Students were encouraged to recognize their various identities and how identities influence their inner voice. I like that. Bao grew up in a low-income household in Yulong. She did not have much by a way of entertainment except for, except for going to public libraries and watching television. It was an episode of Hong Kong Connections featuring a social worker serving ethnic minorities in Hong Kong that sparked her dream of becoming a journalist. She realized that there were, there were powerless people in need of help. We might offer help by becoming journalists. Somehow I gained that feeling, Bao told Indian Media in 2021. She joined Hong Kong Connections in 2012, seven years after starring in a television industry following her graduation from, from university. After, her, after, and after completing her fellowship in the U.S., she went back to the city in the midst of a major change. When I returned to Hong Kong, I didn't, I don't, I didn't want to get a job in the mainstream media anymore, she said. She soon came up with an idea of establishing a small-scale media outlet to cover local news, focusing, focusing on feature stories. We have to admit that Hong Kong is gradually getting worse, and it will continue to deteriorate, Bao said. But it's still important to meticulously document every small changes of the city. For those who are still living here, every small change affects us, right? Setting up a new independent media outlet in Hong Kong is considered is considered tough and risky. Our friends kept telling her, "You should should be mentally prepared. We are now living in a completely different Hong Kong," said Fanny Kwong, Bao's friend and also a, a former producer at RTHK. Apart from the Difficulties of dealing with rent lines and money. It is also very hard to hire passionate and qualified journalists, as many of them have immigrated or turned to other professions, Fanny told Hong Kong Free Press. But Bao is very persistent. You can't change her once she has made up her mind. With the efforts of Bao and co-founder Lui Chi Chi Long, the collective was officially launched in February. Congratulations. Over the past four months, it has covered f- how former district councilors and small groups persist, the current situation of university students' unions, and the arrest on the 34th anniversary of the Tiananmen crackdown, as well as stories about injured workers and their rights. Currently, we don't have any limitation as to what we can wh- what can be covered, except for issues on which court had ruled, such slogans such as the slogan "Liberate Hong Kong, Revolution About Time," Bao said. But Bao said the outlet is still struggling to attract subscribers and take root. Recently, veteran journalist Chang wrote a profile of Bao for Ming Pao. Every time when she left the court, she would scroll her phone to check if her pictures in the news were pretty, Chang wrote. Indeed, she's just an ordinary woman. 
If she can't defend press freedom, persist until the until the end, and match her fears, why can't we? Bao said, the changes in the political situation in Hong Kong are ongoing, and it's unclear when they will come to an end. The wave is, is fast, and there seems to be no end in sight. It's so big that we can't even see the edge edges and where we stand in the midst of it. But she knew she could do it uh, could do is to persist as a journalist to document every small change of the city. Bauer herself says she was strug- struggling in the tide without having a clear picture of how big the waves are. Bauer is still waiting for the government in ret- to return her fine of six thousand dollars. She has considered donating the sum to an NGO, but my friend said I should mount and frame the check. That's a better idea, I think, for the sake of this memory. And I agree. I just love how um, Bao is so tough. You know, it's encouraging to have a woman like that. Bao Chor, here's a message. Here's what I'm gonna give to you. Bao Chor, you're the one of the toughest woman I've ever I've ever heard of. You know, you're the one of the, the toughest person when it comes to press. I know it's a very hard situation in in the what Hong Kong's facing right now, press freedom. But you are stand stand fast in what you're doing. And you, I'm hoping you can continue on that to bring integrity and bring the truth to Hong Kong. Dismissing tensions, we reported that like a couple minutes ago. U.S. President Joe Biden expects to see China's Xi despite dictator's jab. U.S. President Joe Biden voiced confidence Thursday that he would meet Xi Jinping soon as he refused to back down after angering Beijing by liking the Chinese leader to dictators. Biden rejected this theory that the relationship with China is collapsing, even though it is. But praised the talks Monday in Beijing between Xi and Secretary of State Antony Blinken. He sought to keep tensions between the two powers in check. Secretary Blinken had a great trip to China. I expect to be meeting with President Xi sometimes in the future. In the near term, Biden told a press conference alongside Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi, implicitly doubling down on his earlier comments on Xi. Biden said he would not be avoiding what I what I think are the facts of, on China. It's not just something I'm gonna take. I'm gonna change very much, he said. Biden, speaking two days after after Blinken's trip, said that Xi, who had cemented power like no Chinese leader in decades was unaware of an alleged surveillance balloon that flew over the U.S. mainland in February. The reason why Xi Jinping got very upset in terms of when I shot that balloon down with two box cars full of spy equipment is he didn't know it was there, Biden told a political reception at which reports were present. I'm serious. That was, that was the great embarrassment for dictators when they didn't know what happened. Balloons causing public outroar in the United States, leading Blinken to, to, to cancel, well, he mostly postponed his original scheduled trip to Beijing, even though, even though administration officials probably doubt the threat from the object. China's ambassador to Washington, Xie Feng, launched a protest with the White House and the State Department over Biden's disparaging remarks about Xi and the, the, the Chinese embassy said. Biden's comments were not um, erroneous, absurd, and irresponsible, and form form an open political provocation 
an embassy statement statement said, echoing condemnation from Beijing. They can do condemnation if they want to, but what Biden says is not wrong. Biden, in, in his decades in politics, has been known for his loose tongue, but also known, for, but also for his beliefs and and power of personal diplomacy. Biden said he spent more than twenty four hours talking to Xi when they were both for vice presidents. Even though he's not, even though Xi becomes a vice president, he's not elected. He's considered to be vice chair, contributing to the cordial mood when they met for the first time as presidents in November on the sidelines of a group of group of twenty summit in Bali. Xi and Biden are both set to be in New Delhi, which is in India, in September for the next G20 summit. Biden is also inviting Xi to San Francisco in November. When the United when the United States played ho, plays host to this Asia Pacific Economic Cooperation Forum, or EPEC, the Bali talks came after tensions had soared over the then House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's defiant visit to Taiwan, with Beijing responding through major military exercise around the around the self-ruling democracy, which it claims, which it claims as its own, like it always does. Biden's outspokenness was not shared by by at least one fellow Western leader, New Zealand Prime Minister Chris Hipkins, who is visiting Beijing next week. As Thursday, if he if he concurred with with Biden's assessment of Chinese leader, Hipkins said, "No, I am not the form of, of the government that China has a matter for the Chinese people." Um, what? I ain't that the form of government that China has is a matter for the Chinese people. The government is not for the people. It's only for the party, not for the people. It's protecting the party interests, not protecting the people's interests. Hipkins. The United States frequently criticized China's human rights records, although it insisted it is not seeking regime change. It's not. In a speech last year, Blinken said the United States needs to prove that democracy is more effective than Beijing's party-led centralized system, but we do not we do not seek to transform China's political system. This is up to what the Chi- it means he wants the Chinese people to do the doing the bidding for them, and not the com- and not the United States. Think about that. That's more different than what you that what the communist party said, oh yes they're trying to do regime change. Oh they're trying to do regime change. Oh they're trying to do regime change. Oh they're trying to do regime change. The Chinese people does that. I can't do that on my own accord. That's up to them. Not up to you guys. Remember that. You gotta understand that kind of thing. Journalist Association to seek news reporting exemption as government moves to ban glory to Hong Kong protest song. The Hong Kong Journalists Association is looking to intervene in a legal bid by the government to ban all forms of the protest song "Glory to Hong Kong" in hopes of gaining an exemption for for media reporting. A statement on Thursday said the press group wants to protect the work of journalists. The association believes that the court should consider the effect of the injunction on the work of journalists. It said that it has already written to the Department of Justice and appointed a lawyer. On June 5th, the DOG, or the Department of Justice, submitted a right seeking to ban the broadcasting, performing, publishing, selling, offer for sale, distributing, disseminating, displaying, or reproducing glory to Hong Kong. 
including on the internet. Anyone with a secessionist or seditious intent or with the intent to violate the national anthem law will be liable. Anyone who assists the others to commit such acts will be also be liable. The legal bid for an injunction and interim injunction came days after a busker known for performing the song was acquitted of organizing a banned gatherings under the COVID-19 rules. However, on June 12, the court of first instance adjourned the injunction hearing until July 21st, as the authorities appealed for for anyone with an injection to come forward. In its Thursday statement, the Hong Kong Journalist Association said that this is this was not the first time it had made an application with regards to a court injunction during the protests in 2019 when the court obtained a court order to ban the disclosure of personal data linked to police officers and their families. The Hong Kong Just, um, Journalist Association successfully fought for a blanket exception for media for media based on press freedom arguments. It said that it has no intention to share or distribute the offending song, which is already banned in the schools. The government has refused to say whether going to Hong Kong is illegal when asked by Hong Kong Free Press, despite the story's insistence that the law is clear. Nonetheless, the recent effort to ban all forms of the song was preceded by other legal moves and arrests relaying related to the song, which popularized during the, 20, during the protest demonstrations of 2019. Hong Kong National Anthem Law, which criminalizes insults to the Chinese March of the Volunteers, was enacted on June 4, 2020. How convenient, how coincidence is that? Violators now risk fines of up to $50,000 or three years in prison. On June 30th of that year, Beijing inserted the national security legislation Directed into the Hong Kong's media constitution, bypassing the local legislature, it criminalizes subversion, secession, collusion with foreign forces, and terrorist acts. Days later, the government set the 2019 protest movement, um, movement liberate Hong Kong slogan, which is referenced in the song, was illegal. It claims the phrase has a pro-independent secessionist and subversive intent, despite the fact that independence was never was never a demand of the 2019 movement. Then a week later, on July 8th, the Education Bureau banned students from playing, singing, or broadcasting Glory to Hong Kong on campuses, saying it contained strong political messages and was was closely linked to violence and other illegal acts. In the years since the protest, busker known for singing the song has been arrested for public disorder or for performing without a permit. One was cleared of wrongdoing while the others, while another trial is still ongoing. Another man was arrested for suspected sedition last year for sh- after sharing a video link to the song. The song itself has also been su- the subject of a string of anthem of anthem related mix-ups. After the protests, protesters promoted it as an alternative anthem for a future of Hong Kong. The months-long saga began last November when Glory to Hong Kong was hurt at the Rugby Seven game in South Korea. After interim, after intern reported downloaded it from the internet. Similar mix-ups occurred at international sporting finals, including at a prize-giving ceremony of a weightlifting championship in Dubai, and most recently at February's ice hockey game in Bosnia and Herzegovina. I don't know why the Hong Kong government is so freaking, you know, like, they're so sensitive. I don't know why they're so sensitive about, this, about a song that can be fixed. It's not going to be a big deal. Salute. Hong Kong police of police officials launch accounts on Chinese social media platforms. Hong Kong police have opened an account 
on Xiao Hongshu, a social media a Chinese social media platform similar to Instagram. After the city's security chief and chief sec, chief secretary earlier launched launch accounts on the same platforms. Commissioner of, Ra- of Police Raymond Xiu greeted friends on Xiao Hongshu on third on Tuesday in the first post from the police from the Hong Kong Police Force account. The video featuring Xiu in his uniform attracted comments including "Hi sir, salute, and why handsome man." That I can question about that. I am very happy that the police force has another platform to tell good police stories," Xiu said, as he urged users to follow guarding um guarding our city with faith. The prequel, the prequel, an upcoming promotional movie produced by the force. The account has gained thirty four thousand followers so far. Xiao Hongshu, launched in twenty thirteen. Announced it had 200 million active million uh, monthly users by the end of 2022, of whom 72% were born in or after 1990. Hong Kong's government departments and officials have been increasing their exposure on social media platforms in the past few years. Secretary for Security Chris Tung opened a Xiao Hong Shu's account last September, two months after he launched on Facebook and Instagram. Tom posts, published posts on all three platforms with the same photos and content, including how he spent Father's Day, a trip to Macau, and a promotion of national security. That is so sad. <laughs> Do you have other stuff to post besides that? Okay, the Father's Day, Father's Day I can say something about, but trip to Macau maybe for a food or whatever, promotion of national security, what a boring thing to post. Chief Secretary for the Administration, Eric Chen, set up a Shu account in, in March after opening an account on Weibo, another Chinese platform, social media platform, which is another equivalent to Twitter. While Tang Xiaohongshu's account has 72,000 followers, Chen's account on the same platform has fewer interactions with 9,273 9, followers. The Hong Kong Customs and Excise, and Excise Department have also set up an account on Douyin, a short video platform from Founded by the Chinese media, Chinese technology giant ByteDance, also TikTok, the department the department said the move was to facilitate direct information exchange with mainland people. Hong Kong also interacted with mainland Chinese with letters and pictures. Xiao Shu, at least three users post to, uh, posted to say they have received letters from police chief Xiu as a right to him from mainland China. Some of the letters include Xiu's. Many others asked how they could get letters and sign portraits. Police told Hong Kong Press that as a part of official duties, the, chief, the chief's office will respond to letters based on their content and actual situation. In order to express gratitude for the public's recognitions and appreciation of the work of the police force. They, think about that. The police force have already suffered the decline of public trust in the city following the 2019 protests. According to a public opinion research institute, the satisfaction rate saw a sudden drop from June to November in 2019 at the heights of the protests. From 61 to 35.3 last November, it has reached 56.4. You think it's gonna? Do you think that sounds like a good thing? Oh yeah, 56 is one part. Even though that's more part. Here's what final report we're gonna have today.
Hong Kong Security Law Article 23 will definitely be enacted this year or next, Liu John Lee says. Hong Kong leader John Lee has said that Article 23, the state's own security law, will definitely be enacted within this year or next year at the latest. The chief executive told Hong Kong, Hong Kong's Chinese news agency in an interview on Wednesday that he was impatient. He was an impatient person, that but that he was also he also needed to be cautious with his legislation. I hope the entire process will be cons- will consist of careful and thorough considerations, resulting in a successful law. He said. Article 23 of the city's mini constitution, the Basic Law, stipulates that Hong Kong shall enact its own law to promote to prohibit um, seven types of offenses, treason, secessionist, sedition, subversion against the central government, theft of state secrets, foreign bodies conducting political activities in the city, and the local bodies establishing ties with foreign bodies. The government has said that a local security law was needed to plug gaps in the Beijing-imposed legislation. Lee said the city was examining the security law of our jurisdiction, which are strict because everybody knows their enemies are highly skilled. Beijing's national security law consists of four crimes, and, and Article 23 consists of seven. Compared to our country's national security law, Hong Kong would have only 11 crimes. That's, four, that's a far cry from other places, Lee added. The legislation of Article 23 failed in 2023 following mass protests, the government has always had enough votes to pass a bill, but it has never been raised since the 2003 debacle. Pro-democracy advocates feared it could have could have a negative effect on civil liberties. And what's worse, that J- James Tian from the Liberal Party at the time he resigned just so the thing won't even be passed. Secretary for Justice Paul Lam said in an interview with RTHK this week that the government has made progress in the legislation of Article 23. He said a task force was overseeing the work on a on an ongoing manner. That is difficult to talk specifically about the details until the work was completed. Lee's interview with the Hong Kong news agency coincided with the, with the uh, with the lead up to the end of his first year term, first year in office. The former police officer was selected on a post last May. After the city overhauled its election systems, following allowing only those deemed patriotic, patriotic to run. After his election by a small circle of elites, Chinese leader Xi Jinping told Li during a meeting in Beijing that the central government fully endorsed him. She added that Li has a firm stance in loving the country in Hong Kong. Reflecting on the past year, Li said that while the workload was heavy, was it was of significant importance. Every decision could affect uh, could affect Hong Kong population of seven million. Every decision has to be made has to be made with thorough consideration and caution, he said. The hardest part of his work, he had, was finding time. We have to be active, we cannot be negligent, and we must chase time and results with hopes of achieving the maximum return for Hong Kong in as short as possible time, he said. Ahead of the upcoming anniversary of Hong Kong's handover from Britain to China next week, next weekend, Li was asked if people believe Hong Kong has changed. Li said the city's governance model, one country, two system, has stayed the same. The framework put in place 
1997, when Hong Kong became a special administrative region of China, guaranteed the state a high degree of autonomy and rights not found across the border. What has changed yet was that Hong Kong was more, now more united after setting things right ap- after this order. The city experienced two years of quote-unquote black rights, Lee said. Even though they said that they stored peace, that doesn't mean anything for them. Like, how about protests that doesn't result in riot? How about normal protests that any pro-democracy could do? A May Day rally, anything. I don't think they would say a May Day rally, but any kind of events that they can think is possible. But you're saying, well, we can't allow you to set it because they might cause problems. Give us a reason! But you just said, nope, we can't allow you to protest because we have our own reasons. And that reason is so vague, we don't even know what they want. So what do you think? Should they can should they, should you believe what the government says, or would you not believe what they said? And thank you for tuning in, guys. If you guys enjoy the podcast, make sure you tune in every Monday and Friday for our podcast, and of course tomorrow's Saturday. So I hope you guys are staying safe on that, staying safe and not doing anything crazy. That's it for today. We'll talk more next time. This is Team Count Mario signing out. Hope you guys have a great weekend. Take care. <laughs> At host my radio. It's on on every Monday and every Friday. At host my radio. Welcome to the show. Thank you.